I think my initial instinct when I joined properly was to hire a analyst level position first. And in reality, I probably should have thought to bring on the controller first, more so because I can then leverage the controller to help me in the hiring process. They can build out their own team for themselves. And if you're in a company that's actually growing that fast and you can see the volume of work that's coming, yes, bringing on a more senior person is a more expensive hire, but if it provides you more leverage to help the company overall and you can show that the value of what, as a full team, you can bring to the company by doing that, I think it's a worthwhile conversation to have and definitely something to consider. This is Retained Learnings, a podcast where Canadian finance leaders share strategic advice and potential solutions to answer some of the finance department's most important questions. I'm your host, Rob Kazam, the founder and CEO of Float. Thanks for listening, and I hope you learned something from today's episode. When a startup's growing rapidly, the finance team needs to keep pace, and that usually means balancing hiring for the future with hiring for today. Knowing which roles and responsibilities to fill first isn't always clear if you haven't done it before. Building the finance department from scratch requires a leader to decide which roles they'll need to fill, how experienced new hires should be, and most importantly, where to find them. So in this episode of Retained Learnings, we're joined by Rihanna Brancato, VP of Finance at Properly. Rihanna was the first finance hire at Properly, and she shares how she built out the finance team from the ground up. She gives advice on team structure, where to find your next hire, how technology can supplement your team, and some of the do-overs she would make if she could go through it all over again. If you're a finance leader that wants to grow your finance department, this conversation will hopefully put you on the right track. Well, thanks a lot, Rihanna, for being here. This is fun. This is particularly special because we know Rihanna well at Float. She has been a a great early customer of ours and uh, a great advisor to our business and has really helped us shape our product. So to start, Rihanna, tell us a bit about yourself. Yeah, for sure. And thanks for having me today. So I currently work at Properly. I've been there for about a year and a half, um, but I've been sort of in accounting or finance my whole career. Prior to Properly, I worked in cannabis for a few years. Had the chance to go through the IPO process, which was a lot of fun, a lot of learnings. And before that, I worked at Ernst & Young, uh, where I got my CA. And I'm curious, what led you to leave the, the world of accounting and then head into industry, You know, whether it's cannabis or now at, at properly? What, what motivated that change? Yeah, so I think I, I enjoyed working. I was pro- probably one of the few people to say that I actually didn't hate the audit world and I actually didn't hate my job there. Um, I, I enjoyed accounting and I enjoyed auditing, but I was looking for something different. I wanted to get on the more practical side of things, understand how businesses really operate. And so I was looking for an opportunity at a smaller scale growing company. Cannabis at the time was a booming new industry. And so it seemed like a great place to start a career and just really learn about how a business runs. Nice. Awesome. So it's been over a year since you joined properly. Back when you started in April of 2021, you were the first finance hire. How long did you manage that as a team of one? And what was that experience like? Yeah, so I was pretty lucky. Uh, I was only a team of one for about two months. When I started, we kicked off our first ever audit. About two weeks after I started, we started our Series B raise. And so those two things combined with just bringing on some basic cash and payroll controls meant I was very busy and wanted to hire right away. So short period of time as a team of one. Working as a team of one is really just about prioritization. When you join, especially as your first, especially as a first finance hire, there's going to be tons of stuff you want to do and want to fix. And if you are like a lot of accounting people, you're willing to work a lot of hours to get there, but there's still going to be more than you can actually do. So you need to make a roadmap for yourself and prioritize. 
And then be honest with the company and your boss about what you can actually get to and when. And for those listening that may not be familiar with Properly, tell us a bit about Properly. Yeah, so Properly is a leading Canadian real estate company that offers a suite of different services, um, all the way from digital tools and technologies to help remove the friction from what is currently a pretty outdated real estate process. But we're on a mission to make real estate customer-centric and just create a future where the end-to-end experience of real estate is seamless for a customer. Our main product is sale assurance, uh, where we help a customer buy the home they love, move in, and then sell their current home, removing most of the stress in that process. And we're, we're in BC and Ontario. Awesome. Really exciting. So you, you joined properly, you hired the first team member, you got right into the deep end. Um, when did you know you'd be able to hire additional team members and what were some of the challenges you encountered bringing them on? Yeah. So I knew I was going to hire someone before I even started. Um, it was actually part of my business case when I interviewed at properly to plan to bring on people right away. I knew based on what I was learning about the company that they were growing really fast and I just wasn't going to be enough. So I actually started scoping the role um, and may have started getting involved in interviews before my first official day in seat. So that that was kicked off pretty quickly. After that first person came on, I hired a lot more people in sort of rapid succession. Like I said, the company was growing really fast. And so I realized I needed more help than I initially thought. And so I brought on a controller about six months after that, as well as two more people in our back office just to sort of help processing deals. So I had four people join within my first six months. So Rihanna, you mentioned during your case, you identified a need for more resources in the company. Can you walk through how you do that? What were the key uh, resources you were looking for? And what were you seeing in the business that that highlighted the need to bring on more finance resources? When I was looking at the company, first as I was going through the interview process, I spoke to many different people at the company, um, a couple of the founders, and just got information about where the company was today, what they needed to get done, what was sort of the legal mandatory compliance stuff that had to happen. And then where they were planning on going in the next 12 months, how fast they were growing, where they wanted to be, what they were projecting their company to look like. And based on putting all of that together and just what I knew had to get done, basic controls, getting through audits, dealing with lenders, and then knowing how quickly the company was going, I started scoping out how much work was involved with that, not only just to keep the status quo going, but how much work was involved to actually level things up, make it better, raise the bar across finance and accounting, and just knew that as much as I wanted to do everything, it just wouldn't physically be possible. So I started thinking about who would have to join my team to get there and the type of help that I would need to actually succeed in, in bringing a finance department to the company. Nice. And as you look for people that you brought in, you know, obviously the finance and accounting background makes sense. What do you look for in, in new hires? I would say there isn't one profile that fits all when it's someone joining my team. And I think every time I've hired, I've hired for something a little bit different. And it depends on a few different things. So outside of just finance, there's kind of the what skills you need them to have, what level of experience do you need them to have, because you only have so much time to train or have certain expectations of how fast they're getting up to speed. And so experience plays into those. And then how senior do you need them to be? What do you actually expect from this person? Do you expect them to be independent? Do you expect to be more in an oversight role of what they do? So all of that kind of shaped what I started looking for when I was looking for people. And my first hire, I brought on someone who is more junior, didn't have any sort of practical in industry experience. Um, and I was willing to train them and wanted to sort of get someone up to speed. My next hires, I was looking for someone more senior. So bringing on a controller, expecting them to be up to speed fast, expecting them to be very independent and just instantly take a lot of work off my plate. So depending on the person, different things. 
And I think on the where to find people question, there's different routes. There's people will hire from the big four or some sort of accounting firm or they'll look from outside. And what I would say is you depends on, again, what you're actually looking for. But if you're hiring for the financial reporting or accounting side of thing, you can definitely go and look for someone in the big four. They probably have all of those technical skills you're looking for. But I'd caveat that to say and, and just remind everyone, it means they probably don't have practical and industry experience. So you have to be willing to train them on that piece and know they'll be bringing the technical skills. The other option is obviously bringing someone with a different background or bringing someone in with industry experience. And I think different backgrounds can be really helpful if you're looking for an FP&A or strategic finance role. You want someone who is a strong modeler, who can be analytical and has those types of skills that they may not have always gotten in the sort of traditional accounting background. And so diversifying your hires that way for those different positions within the accounting team is helpful. And you mentioned, you know, that if they don't have that industry experience, what's the difference or how do you train someone who doesn't have industry experience? Um, Can you talk a bit about like, what are the challenges someone might encounter? I will tell you what was done to me and say that I swear by this, but it's maybe not a one size fits all. When I left the big four, I was a second year manager. So in my mind, fairly senior, got hired um, by a VP of finance who said, guess what? You're doing the books. Um, you were doing all of the bookkeeping. You were replacing our, our external bookkeepers. You're taking it all on yourself. And I had to do the books. And it was an administrative task. And in my mind, I was already a manager level. Why did I have to do this? But at the same time, he was really smart. I learned a lot about the company. I learned how accounting systems actually work in industry and just saw practically how a company functions, how payroll really runs, how manual journal entries are really posted and what's involved in all of that. I didn't do it for very long. It was a couple of months before I hired someone onto my team to start doing it for me. But I think that experience just got me up to speed and practical day-to-day function of an accounting department that was really important. And so when I brought on my first hire at Properly, I pretty much made him do the same thing. I made him get right into the books. He had to work with our external bookkeepers and do it. And he learned quickly, but I think it's a good way to get someone up to speed when they have no practical experience. It's amazing to learn that as early as her interview process at Properly, Rihanna was thinking about not just getting the job done, but how to level things up and design a team to do that really well. I also appreciate her point that there is not really a one-size-fits-all profile for the ideal finance team hire. Now let's hear how a startup finance team can scale its impact with technology. Other than hiring new staff, how else can you scale your team's impact and effectiveness at a startup like Properly? When I look at an accounting team or a finance department, I think that I never want my team to operate in a silo. And I think that being an effective finance department means that you aren't in a silo and that you're a partner to the rest of the company. And so to me, scaling fast and being sort of impactful to the business means we're partners and we're curious about what's going on. And so my team, I have an expectation for them. They have that curiosity. They want to understand the business. They want to help other teams make their lives simpler. And so I have an expectation that they read every monthly report, every quarterly report that teams produce. They are integrated in many different Slack channels and they just have a pulse on the business, not only to help ourselves so that when we are closing the books, we're doing variance analysis, we're doing board reporting, we actually understand what happened because we're so integrated with what's going on but also so that they can identify areas to help other teams, see where other teams are struggling, where they might need more support in their modeling or their analysis, where we can just bring a different point of view. All of that, I think, helps us be very impactful in the company. 
And was there key technology decisions that you made when you came in that helped scale your team, whether it's, you know, ERP or other systems you use? Yeah. So we're not on an ERP and I made the decision that there was a lot to get done and an ERP in itself is a ton of work and we just didn't have the the manpower to get there. So instead I went the route of what sort of softwares can I bring on that are simple to bring on, easy to integrate, can add on to the existing backbone of an accounting system we have and just make everyone's life easier. So everything we have is automated. We don't use any paper. APAR is automated, brought on float, small shameless plug there, but it, it was great. We could automate a bunch of our cash controls, get rid of sort of collecting receipts and invoices and stuff from people. And it just streamlined that whole cash control process for consolidations brought on Fathom so that there was no manual consolidations anymore. But I think it's important to know that with smaller systems like Zero or QuickBooks, there's a lot of add-ons that you can do to add a lot of value that don't require you to fully rip out your system and bring on an ERP, which takes a lot of time and and money to do. Mm, Really interesting. You know, changing gears a little bit as you are in a high growth startup, you know, constantly thinking about scaling. Are you hiring for your needs today? Are you hiring for them in six months? How far in the future are you living from a resourcing perspective? I think the right way to do it is to be thinking six months ahead. Uh, startups and scale-ups grow fast. A year in startup world is, I don't know, five years in any other business. And I think if you're hiring for what you need today, you are already behind. It takes three or more months to actually bring in a good person who knows what they're doing. So if you're not thinking six months down the road, you're not going to have the person in seat when you actually need them. And I think when I first joined properly, I didn't necessarily think for six months down the road, I was thinking about today. And, and by the time I actually got my controller in seat, I wished I'd had them a lot sooner, but I learned from that. And so now we're constantly thinking about where the business is going and forecasting for that and looking at what team members we're going to need to support at the next size and scale uh, so that we are never a blocker. I, I have a mentality that finance should never block anything the company is doing because we just can't move fast enough. So if I don't ever want to be a blocker, I need to get ahead of the changes that are coming. Yeah. And I, I guess it's a key theme in everything you've talked about is uh, being a partner to the business, not being a blocker. Anything you would have done differently in that respect or any lessons or guidance you'd provide to people that are coming into a similar role at a startup? Yeah. I mean, apart from just hiring faster when I, when I joined, even though I, I thought I was hiring quick, I think the other thing is don't be scared to bring on a more senior person. I think my initial instinct when I joined properly was to hire a analyst level position first. And in reality, I probably should have thought to bring on the controller first, more so because I can then leverage the controller to help me in the hiring process. They can build out their own team for themselves. And if you're in a company that's actually growing that fast and you can see the volume of work that's coming, yes, bringing on a more senior person is a more expensive hire. But if it provides you more leverage to help the company overall, and you can show that the value of what as a full team you can bring to the company by doing that, I think it's a worthwhile conversation to have and definitely something to consider. So Rihanna, what does the finance team at Properly look like today? I actually have the finance team divided into three different sub teams and we operate together as one unit, but three different focus areas. So on the FP&A and strategic finance side, I have two people on the financial accounting um, and reporting side, I have two people. We actually replaced our external bookkeepers and brought everything in-house a couple months ago. And then on our back office brokerage side, which are the people responsible for processing real estate transactions, we have another two people. So myself plus a team of six. 
And is there a rough number of people you'd expect to have a uh, easy rubric in a startup? I do. Um, I've heard this from a few different finance leaders and so far it's made sense as we grow. So I'm going to stick to it, but somewhere around 5% of headcount should be your finance team. So it's not, you know, you must be 5% on the dot, but I'd say if you're dipping much below 5%, you're probably understaffed, but five to six is probably where you want to be. And so if you know your company's growing quickly, think about what you need to bring on to keep that ratio um, as the company grows as well. So Rihanna, where does FinOps fall for you? I know you mentioned the sort of three categories that properly, uh, FinOps is a category I often hear about in the finance team at startups. Yeah. So I'm embarrassed to say that we don't actually have a true FinOps team at properly right now. I think the responsibility of a FinOps or financial operations sits between our operations team and our accounting team. And we both do sort of different pieces of that. I think as we grow, it's something we're actively looking at and deciding where does that belong? Does it belong in the operations team? Does it belong in the finance team? And what does that team look like going forward? And I think a lot of people define FinOps in different ways. And so when I think of FinOps, I think more the customer facing side of finance. So operationally, you're dealing with customers, you're dealing with maybe collecting or paying customers or something that is more than just back office. It's something that's sort of out there and and operationalizing finance uh, is how I think about it. And so as we grow, it's something we need to pay more attention to and are actively thinking about where to go from here. Awesome. And uh, well, thank you very much for doing this, Rihanna. This has been uh, super fun and really interesting. Uh, just to, to wrap up, where can our guests find out more about you and Properly? For sure. Uh, you can check out properly.ca to learn more about Properly and the products and services we offer. Uh, and you can find me on LinkedIn. Great. Thanks a lot, Rihanna. This was fun. Thanks for coming. No worries. Thanks for having me. It was really great speaking with Rihanna, knowing that she's gone through building a finance team from scratch. Rapid growth at your company can present challenges when it comes to staffing and resourcing your finance team. It takes time to find talent. And if you need to fill a position today, then in the best case scenario, you ideally started looking for that person three months ago. Knowing which roles to fill and when is top of mind for every finance leader in this position. Depending on the role, you can find great hires from the big four, or in other cases, it's best to look for candidates with industry experience. It's worth repeating Rihanna's advice about hiring someone with experience early. They'll be able to help assess other hires in the future and hopefully help provide guidance to your more junior team members. And if you're trying to stay efficient, technology can play a role in streamlining processes and taking some of the burden off your team. But at the same time, if the implementation of a new technology is going to take more work than the near-term benefit it'll bring, it might not be the right time. Thanks again, Rihanna, for joining us on Retained Learnings and sharing your finance expertise. Thank you for listening to this episode of Retained Learnings. We want to reach as many Canadian finance professionals as possible. So if you have two minutes to spare, we'd love for you to rate and review the new show. Sharing on social media helps too, and you can tag at Flowcart. I'm Rob Kazam, and until next time, take care.